indulge me in this for a second, fellas. Mm-hmm. When y'all were kids. Yes. And something didn't go your way. Yes. The littlest thing. Right. Someone took my toy. Yeah. Yeah. My mom grounded me. Something like mm-hmm. that. When I got NHL 2003 back, I just got it taken away the next day. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. yeah. Where the littlest thing can cause the biggest of blow ups. Yeah. As a kid. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But as a multimillionaire, 20. To have a blow up on national television <laughs> over a simple flip of the puck <laughs> seems a little excessive, if you ask me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just think it's so. Yeah, here's the thing: is like if I'm Matt Kachuk, because I put that in the group chat yesterday too. I'm like, man, Matt Matt Kachuk's a bitch. But then everyone's like, just put yourself in that situation. You do the same thing. I'm like, no, I would do what he did to to Jake Muzzin. I'd be pissed. I'd go after Jake Muzzin. Yeah, scummy mm-hmm. move a little bit. I don't disagree. Mm-hmm. But everything that happened after, you look like a little mm-hmm. bitch. A little Chucky Jr. You just look like a child. Yeah. Chucky Jr. You're You're gonna cry. Like, dude, he's sitting there slamming the door, not letting Geo in. He's throwing bottles around. Like, like, what are you? Like, your friends behind you. Like, man. Like, I get going after Muzzin. I would have went after Muzzin too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I have no problem with that. You kind of deserved it. But like, he kind of deserved to get the puck shot at him too. So I don't feel bad about that either. You, if you. I love players like Matthew Kuchuk. Like if, yeah. if Brad Marchand was on my team, I would cheer like hell for him. Nazem Kadri was on the lease for all those years. I Gee. cheered like hell for him. Matthew Kuchuk is a shit disturber. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But he's a great player. He, but if you play on that line, yeah. you have to be able to, to deal with the shit that you give when someone else gives it mm-hmm. to you. Yeah. The thing, it's ridiculous. The thing for me is like the Kuchuks are a completely different breed of shit disturber. Cause like, Nobody likes Brad Marchand, but Brad Marchand's not that guy that comes after the whistle after a game and He's like an starts player. Yeah. Like he can back it up and do that mm-hmm. stuff too. But like even Nas, Nas wasn't that like like dirty player where he'd come after no. the whistle and just give that extra shot because he could, <laughs> or he spear you from the bench like he did to um, Matt Martin a couple years ago when he was on the Leafs. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't. They don't do that type of shit. Brad Marchand definitely doesn't anymore. He's a completely different player. But like mm-hmm. both the Kachucks do the same shit where it's just like mm-hmm. they they have Their to shit go is. that extra yeah. mile to be that piece of shit. Like game one, when the game ends two on two separate face offs, because the one got pulled back and they had to do it again. But he skates into the into the draw and he gives a shot to Tavares after he loses the first one. Then he comes in and does the exact same thing. It's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck are you doing? The game's over. That you don't need to do that. And then he didn't. He deserved a puck to the chest. Probably should have shot it a lot. It was, did you guys see the the John Boy breakdown of it? Hilarious. Hilarious. Great. Fantastic. Also, the Leafs have made it to John Boy. We're going yeah. going places. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> We've transcended the news at this point. Like, yeah. It's the most publicity the NHL will get all season, basically. Mm-hmm. Um. And this is after, like, we didn't even mention to the, the fact that this is after Kachuk was a bitch in front of the net to uh, yeah, Jack Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. See, and like, I on that one, I understand people defending him because it is a scrum in front of the net. And like, yes, he was pushed a little bit. Obviously, he didn't need to do the super knee drop that he pulled. Like, that's scummy. And if it's any other player, you're probably not questioning it. But it's a Kachuk. 
So you kind of right. like, ah, it, it, there's enough accidentally on purpose things that he's done in his career that you're kind of like, yeah, he the didn't just precedes him. It's exactly. come to that point where anything questionable that has his name attached to it, it, it just comes with the territory and he's got to understand that. Mm-hmm. And even just from, I forget which one of the analysts on Twitter said it, but it's like, it comes down to like a respect standpoint. And a lot of players in the league just don't have that respect for him. Like no. you, you look at his resume in terms of questionable things he's done and mm-hmm. things that go the whole extracurricular after the whistle, that kind of stuff, you know, it just keeps mounting and mounting. And when, you know, the slightest thing, like the flip of a puck from Jake Muzzin goes back at him, look at what happened. Mm-hmm. And I think this just further, yeah, just furthered whatever hatred there was towards him from just the league standpoint, not even just what we've seen on Twitter. Cause it's been hilarious. Was it last season that there was the whole thing with him and Drew Doughty? Was it was it last season? It was last both years. Um, Last year was Cassian and Cassian. I remember reading that. I remember reading him about it. It was Kachuk at the beginning of the year too. It wasn't even. Mm -hmm. Sorry, it was uh, Doughty at the beginning of the year too. Like it both happened Mm -hmm. last year. Like they met in the beginning of the year and had the same issues. And then the cash and shit happened too. If it was just one player, like I'd get it. But there's all he's got to pick a fuck a fight picked with a lot of people. And I mean, comes with the we territory even, after we didn't even mention the, um, Mark Shifley thing last year where you accidentally on purpose caught him in the Achilles with his skate and it is a playoff run. Like there's just all these little right. things that are just like at some point they're, they're not an accident anymore. They're not an accident yeah. because it's the way that you're playing yeah. causing injury to yeah. others. Like also he's not playing all that well this year. Mm. He's got four points. One more than Jimmy VC. <laughs> Just saying. He was over a I think I think Matthew Kachuk is a great player in everything that he brings to the ice. Mm-hmm. You just gotta be able to handle it correctly. Like yeah. you can't give it and then not be able to take it. That's he, a bitch ass move. He has a scoring ability that is, you know, above par than than compared to the rest of the league. And he brings that tenacity that's a very, very dying breed in the NHL. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just he's got to keep his emotions in check when it comes back too far. at him. Yeah, like if, he if he's going to dish it mm-hmm. out, you got to be able to take it in. It's the simple rule. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it was hilarious to see him just completely bitch out yesterday. I could not stop laughing. So The Leafs are currently the best team in the NHL. A lot more games than a lot of teams, but yeah, we won't mention yeah, that. Yeah. No. <laughs> they look but, great. That first period against they Calgary like, is yeah. the best period I've seen them play since Austin Matthews got drafted. The immaculate uh, period, yeah. Ooh, was it one shot or one no, shot? Yeah, one, one shot. Yeah, the very, period. Very and it was like a end. tip that Freddie like reached out and blockered into the corner. It wasn't even going so on. It that. wasn't even going on that. No, it was great. Surprisingly, analytically, yeah. The pairing of Riley and uh, Brody. Brody Brody haven't been. Great. Doesn't surprise me. They they they're interesting in their own end, if I can say the least. They're mm-hmm. they turn the puck over a lot because they try and do a lot. But I haven't had a lot of complaints about them. Like I think they're a net positive. It's still not standing out no to you. No. Right. I, I think they're I, I think over and all overall they're a net positive. It's not like this is the best pairing in the NHL, but they're still good. They're they do really good things offensively. And they're just, they survive in their own end. And I think that's fine yeah. because I think your other two pairings right now are pretty good. I'm not, I have, don't have a lot of complaints about them when Dermot's out of it. Yeah. Cause right now, 
analytically, Muzzin Hall is as good of a pairing as you're going to get right now. Yeah, they're good. Jake Muzzin's it's, been incredible. They've been playing well. He's in the credits all that much more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's up there with the likes of uh, the other Jonathan Taves and Makar. Devin Taves? And if in a tan- or what, which one is Devin it? Taves. Devin Taves. Devin, yeah, Devin Taves. I always think it's, yeah. Is it Devon? Is it Devin? Yeah. I don't know. No, it's Devon, Devon Taves. on Colorado, sure. yeah. Sure, white Devon. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's either white. Like, it's like, to be Devon, you can be like a real rich prick. Like, then you can be a Devon. Right? That makes sense. Right? Yeah. I'm Devon Shifley the third. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that would make sense. It would. Uh, but yeah, like I right now, I don't hate from what pair. you're getting. You're paying. You're paying that that pairing. Muzzin's getting paid five million, correct? Muzzin, you're, yeah. you're paying your first pair seven million dollars combined. Mm-hmm. You're laughing. They've been good. I I I don't like a lot of Justin Hall's game in his own end, but having Muzzin there with him makes it mm-hmm. his errors are minimized nice, because Muzzin yeah. does such a great job. And then Paul's been surprisingly good in the offensive end. Like he's moving. Well, did you see well. that 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 play that he made yesterday, oh, where the, he was taking it out of his ozone, and then he he, he, he caught on a I button, think, like, like he did a nice mm-hmm. button yeah, turn was, right at the yeah yeah. I've been the well, biggest oh, one. I've been look. I'll come clean here. I've been the biggest <laughs> one to to bash Justin Hall, and look, I stand by it in terms of his defensive play in his own zone. It it, it could be better, but again. Playing with Muzzin, he's really, it's, it's, it's been mass. Yeah. So I can't complain yeah. about that. His no. offensive game, it's been terrific. He's crazy. getting points. He's got what, five crazy. and eight games or something? It's crazy. Yeah. And six now. The no? skating ability that I really Thank bashed God. him for in the playoffs, it, I don't see it. So I can't complain. And again, no. like it was just a very smart play of him to throw the puck the way he did towards the net. Uh, Simmons gets the tap in, gets his own rebound, and you're up one. Like, I mean, it's just a smart, ho- uh, smart play, great hockey. You don't have to make the most that. ridiculous yeah. play. Yeah. You don't have to make a ridiculous play. No, it's, but you saw it on that goal, too. Is like he wasn't mm-hmm. trying to get that shot on net to score. He knew that he couldn't okay. score from that angle, so he throws yeah. one low pad. There's Wayne Simmons crashing yeah. the net because mm-hmm. you know he's there. He makes that smart play off the pad, and he gives Simmons a goal. Mm-hmm. Like, it's he's looked good. I, I, he's I, the I, best more right-handed defenseman we have on our team. Because we don't have many, but yes. Now, you're, not, you're not wrong. With Our first pair of guys left he's, he's playing better than Brody is, though, right now. Like, yeah, I, mean, I don't even think it's Because the thing is, Hall's still playing. Hall's playing PK1. He's playing first pairing minutes, regardless of what are, what they throw out there as the first pair in the, during mm-hmm. the night. It's it's going, the ice time in the game is going Muzzin, Riley because of the power play, and then it's going Hall because he's he's been good. Like, mm-hmm. I want a defenseman that like I don't notice and Hall it's a lot of the game it is that Mm -hmm. and maybe there's once a game where you do notice him and it's in a scoring chance or they do score but like that's but it's every defenseman he's fine every defenseman you you can't pick apart every mistake he ever makes like you're gonna you're gonna go nuts Mm -hmm. doing it with any D-man right like even last night there was the goal where Hall for some reason is trying to play goalie and I don't really know mm-hmm. why like give Freddie a chance there mm-hmm. but like that's one thing in a long ass game where he really did nothing else wrong the rest of the game it's mm-hmm. it's fine like the one knock I have on him is just look he's got a big frame he's six foot four 205 mm-hmm. I'd 
pray and I hope he just to see him. Like and that's the thing. He doesn't put like I'd love yeah. to see him win a board battle in the defensive mm-hmm. end. I've yet to see it. Yeah, that's my only knock because the defense. Yeah. And that's the thing. The offense has he also has, has, has like cut that. You know, it's a wash <laughs> at that point. The offensive production you're getting from him is minimizing my unliking of him in his own end. So it, for me, I but can't complain. All that much. Have, he also doesn't have to be the hard-nosed D-man no. on that pair. No, because yeah, that's Muzzin. what I mean. They have, Jake they have no like, like, shooter at other players. Justin Holt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I, I just like how this team is looking right now. Mm-hmm. I really do. Even with the lack of depth that they have, mm-hmm. because of the injuries to Joe Thornton and, and uh, hey, Nick Robertson. That lack of depth scored last night. Yeah, because, mm-hmm. like, the, the thing they I was telling you guys, when they, signed, when they signed Travis Boyd, yeah. His analytical numbers were really good. And then Dom Lecisions was going nuts when he scored because it's like, the numbers were right, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, they weren't good a lot no. of that game. No, they were in. They were hemmed in. Joey- it seemed like every time they were on the ice, they were hemmed in their end. Maybe the numbers mm-hmm. will tell me otherwise, but like every time they seemed to get on, the rush went the other way and it was back in our end. Like he- they were limited in the first, like they didn't play a ton. And then they played a lot mm-hmm. in the second. And that was when the puck was mostly in Toronto's end. And it just kind of felt like the, there's better options, but that goal they scored was beautiful. Gearing yeah. had a terrible pass that Andrew was no, uh, Travis Boyd made a great play with his foot, kicked it up to a stick and roofed it just like in half a second. It was a great play. Mm-hmm. They looked fine in the offensive end. They just didn't yeah. get there very much. The, the knock I had on the again, you get any scoring from your fourth line. I can't complain, right. uh, sure. but they did get the shift close to the end of the game there where uh, to the point of they were getting hemmed in. Joey Anderson flips the puck out. Unlucky break because the, yeah. the puck was on a yeah. roll and it, he tries to just clear the zone. He made a very, very good block of the shot from the point. And as he tries to clear it, it, it nicked its way up. Yeah. And that was, and it was like three minutes it's left. So, yeah, that could have, and that's, that's the thing, like that could have set the game right into Calgary's favor with two minutes mm-hmm. to go, the last two minutes and they tie the game and take it in OT, you know, fortunate that they were able to kill the, the penalty. So, but on that, in the Leafs defense, their penalty kill has been great this year. Mm-hmm. They're locking mm-hmm. down everything for the most part. Like I'm not all that worried when we take a penalty because they have so many options on the PK and they're all doing well right now. It's crazy. Speaking of penalty kill and when the guys that's on it, mm-hmm. Ilya McKay is the most tantalizing player in the Leafs because the I'll skills is there. The like, skating he, ability. He, he should yeah. just he, he should he's play an incredible skater. He should play exclusively on the penalty kill because of the amount of chances he creates. He never finishes them. But he does not finish them. But he creates a shit ton. He has concrete hands, dude. It's terrible. It's he doesn't know how to shoot the puck for some reason. It's constantly in the crest every time. And if you watch, you'll see it. And I'm starting mm-hmm. to just lose no. my mind watching him play. But he's so good at getting the puck. Yeah. But so then like, the he dies on a stick on the other end, so it doesn't really make a difference. So it's one of those things where, where the hell do you play him in the lineup? I, because I can, I can listen to the argument of putting him in like the top two lines. I, I can listen to it, especially with the depth issues at this point. Sure. But also like... If he's not finishing the play, what is he providing on the ice? Ability to take the puck away? So he's just Zach Hyman, basically. Uh, yeah, but at least Zach Hyman can kind of move the puck to uh, Marner, who can do something with it. Right. McKayev can't pass or shoot. And I'm like, what do you do here at that point? He's a great PK. He, incredible on the penalty kill. He's been so good there for us. But when he has the puck, it doesn't end in anything promising. 
it's just a shot to the chest and a yeah. face off in their end. I'm like, that's great. But having him on the top six, it's like, at least I know the argument was him over Jimmy VC, but at least when Jimmy VC gets the puck, the play doesn't die. He can get it to someone else or he can get a decent scoring chance. And it's like, it, it goes, it stays in the offensive end. It's not an instant face off. Yeah. That's my only knock. Like, I don't see him as a top, top six winger on this team. I like him on the third and fourth and on the penalty kill because that's where he thrives. Mm-hmm. According to game score by uh, Dom, mm-hmm. Justin Hall, the highest on the Leafs, the lowest on the Leafs, Grant's boyfriend, Nicolin. Oh, that's fine. He, he looked good, yeah. though. He he was, the, the in my opinion, yeah. he was the reason for one goal, the Lucic goal. He was he he he's he's the, the he he's the right handed defenseman and he's at the left wall. So was he playing uh, right? Yeah, because he was I'm pretty sure he was playing left all night. Or never mind. No, was but he, he was all the way up yeah. the left wall and he again he, another he, he off was, the was he was right Yeah. He went right at a guy. He needs to learn a little bit on the difference in the cage on the NHL. But in his defense, he clamped that guy. Like the, there the, there was no play there. He kind of right. tried to dump it into the corner. It goes off Kerfoot's foot, and now it's, it's a two-on-one against Bogo. Bogo's already off on, I forget who it was. It might have been Lindholm, but Lucic wide open in front of them. Even the worst player is going to have a chance to bury that, right? It's, it's tough. It's a shit luck play on him, but I think the rest of the game, he looked good. Uh, he was on he the power play, play, was he not? I think he was on PQ1, yeah. and I really liked his he, game there, so... He's a surgeon on the power play. The guy's an incredible passer. He's mm-hmm. got a cannon of a shot, which he saw last night, but he Ilya Mikheyev didn't put it in his chest. Um, outside of that, like he's he looked good to me. I'd put him there over Travis Dermott strictly mm-hmm. because he doesn't take 10 minutes behind the net to try and figure out where to pass the puck. And then proceed to give it away. Like again, exactly. Can't complain At least when about he the lineup. It doesn't go to the other team. I can't complain about the like I really liked all the changes. Would I have loved to have seen Spezza in there? Yeah. But at the end of the day, Travis Boyd scored. Miko Lennon looks far better than what we've seen out of Dermot. And mm-hmm. I mean, Barabanov hasn't done anything special that warrants nope. him in the lineup for me. So yep. I'm all for running with what they got right now. I, I, I think, think, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 go. If I, it's on this, go. I, I think uh, Spezza probably gets back into the lineup next mm-hmm. game. I think it was just a probably. typical rest day because he said, yeah. they said, it's like, you know what? We want to give him some time off this year because he is old. Compared to mm-hmm. most of the teams, so it's it's probably one of those things where they do we would have done it with Joe too. Yeah, but you give him that time off, kind of let him ease his way through the season and not be dead by the time playoffs come around. Mm-hmm. I I'm not against a guy like Boyd to where at this point he's probably he's better than Jason Spezza is defensively. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't need my bottom, I don't need my fourth pair fourth line to score goals to where what's Jason Spezza's biggest asset right now? His passing? Yeah, mm-hmm. his playing. I don't need that. Not really. At the, like at but this he is point, really good on the second power play. For sure. But I don't know if that warrants him having to stress himself. Yeah. And I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say he's a liability in his own end anymore. Like he's, he, he's serviceable enough back there that playing fourth line minutes, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. And like the fourth line just really didn't look that great in their own end last night anyways. So I don't, I don't know, but I think I would ride the lineup that you had, honestly, like, I think you kind of rotate Boyd Anderson. I think you rotate Boyd Anderson and Spezza. Like I think the three of them just do this little rotation thing where because mm-hmm. all three of them could play those positions. I think they'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you do something like that. I don't think Barabanov should slot back in for a little bit. I don't think he's that great. I think he mm-hmm. can be eventually. He's just not at that point yet. I think he needs a little bit more development. And I don't think you I'm should see Travis Dermott for the rest of the year. 
personally. Hopefully. But <laughs> I'm interested to see more of Joey Anderson because if he can't do his best Zach Hyman impersonation, then that's a significant yeah. like that's a good player. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect fourth line guy. That's what I've said Hyman is for yeah. years yeah. now. He Except just, he's not a fourth line. But he's on the first line. So Yeah. Um, I think we're burying the lead here. Mm-hmm. Mitch Marner's going to win the Rocket Richard. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Yo. It's him or McDavid. I think those are your only two options at this point in the I season. I mean, Patrick Reddy and Branton oh, are leading the league. It's, it's just him and McDavid. That's it. I mean, he's okay. there. He's first in the art Ross. I mean, obviously, McDavid's tied with him, but it's Connor McDavid. He's, he's going to be there regardless. So Yeah. <laughs> I got to give it to Mitch because I have bashed on Mitch a lot. He's, he's earning his contract, which is something I haven't said from him yet. But like... He's probably he's the best forward. We, I, he's top two forward we have right now between him and Tavares. And Ooh. he's shooting the puck and which I hated for a while, but it's going in. So yeah. if Austin Matthews isn't open, you have the shot, then take the shot. And if it works, it works. It's great. Because there's a lot of times with Mitch, which he tries to do too much. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's a little bit of what, what we said with like Justin Hall earlier and that Ilya McKayev needs to learn. Sometimes it's just make the simple play. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you got to get pucks on it. I mean, sometimes you That's do what he do did last night. Sometimes you do got to do the cross and pass and feed Matthews for an ice <laughs> one. But at the end of the yeah. day, if you're alone in the slot with not other with no other option, just fire it on yeah. net. Maybe it'll go in instead of go. like trying to dipsy doodle your way out of like traffic in that situation. I don't know. Maybe put shoot it on net. The net. There you go. Yeah. Good things happens when you put pucks on net, man. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You look good. Uh, I can't complain about him. After the Leafs game, it it showed the highlights of uh, the Oilers game. And my dad doesn't watch hockey like that. He'll watch the Leafs, but that's it. Mm-hmm. And he sees McDavid skating. He's just like, what the fuck? That's <laughs> Holy shit. It is, it is crazy. That's the one thing. He is the most impressive thing to watch in the NHL on, on the offensive side of the puck. Just the <laughs> way he picks up the puck and he's at the goalie in like half his a second. Dashes. Like, what the Mm-hmm. Fuck, man, this guy's nuts. Insane. The rest of his game, I'm not like high on. I think McKinnon's better the rest of the game, but it's night and day difference between McKinnon and McDavid offensively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do we have? Anything else on the buds? I don't think so. They're good. On the least, I think that was it. I think they what? could walk away with the North starting from this moment onwards. They're starting to look Toronto's like I sure, but they're not they're not Toronto. If they can look at what this team was last night and like Justin Hall said it himself, I don't think they've touched what they can be yet. And I think they can be it better than that. And they were wrong. great last mm-hmm. night. I think I think this is the type of team that you invest in at the trade deadline in terms of getting moves, and I'd be really intrigued in what they would add. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an interesting year for good. the trade deadline because if you come to Canada, you got to quarantine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just like you can acquire a guy and not see him for two weeks. And then you're like a week away from playoffs at that point. That, right, that yeah. sucks. But it'll be interesting. give uh, Montreal their flowers. What has you so intrigued with Nick Suzuki? He's good. Guy can play, man. He's good defensively. Got incredible hands offensively. He's kind of just because you were saying last week that he was the second best player in the division. He definitely could be. I he's he's just doing everything, man. Like he's he's taking pucks from guys in his and his own end. He's toe dragging guys and making them look silly in the other end. Like he's a great playmaker. He's a great shooter. 
He's really smart with the puck. Like he just on a team that has no other op- offensive weapons. I'll do respect to Kakanyemi and Josh Anderson, but they're not that good offensively. No, they're, Josh Anderson just bangs in goals. He's not setting and up the goals. Suzuki's making this whole team look like all stars. Foley's, Foley's yeah. got five goals now yeah. because yeah. you have guys like Suzuki out there making them look like absolute studs. It's he's doing an incredible job, and he's easily the, the best player on that. Team. Is huge. Yeah, he, easily the best player on that team already. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's between him and Mitch Marner for me. Just who's been the second best forward in the division so far? Because it's McDavid and then a big list, but. He might be at the top of the next list. I wonder if Montreal does something now because, like, they were obviously heavy in on uh, Pierre Luc Dubois. Mm-hmm. I guess we could talk about that next because that trade goes down and that's kind of insane. Because I wonder if it, if they would have sent a guy like Philip Deneau back to Columbus mm-hmm. in that situation because yeah. I think I saw the video of McKinnon on Chicklets. He's basically saying that Deneau's like the most underrated guy in the league. Mm-hmm. And it's fair because he's a two-way guy. You don't really notice him. And when we brought up their forwards and stuff, it's not. Brand kind of brushed over him. Fair. Um, yeah, I never even put him in that. I don't, Montreal is just going to find a way. I'm trying to compare them to it. They're kind of like Dallas from last year. Sure. Like, no cap. They kind of are because they just grind out wins. Yes, but they don't have. They don't have like that Jamie Ben Tyler Sagan. Alex Radulov top end that you're like okay I can see this they don't have that I mean Gallagher Gallagher Suzuki I don't think Suzuki's great Gallagher's I I mean compare Dano and Sagan but I mean yeah like was Sagan that good last year though no he was terrible last year that's what I mean like they still have that that you need to watch out for if you're other teams and then the back end in Dallas is significantly better than what Montreal's is the goalie though Right now, I mean, numbers. No, but even look at who yeah. Dolan's numbers. He's at like a point nine nine goals yeah. against. Yeah, and Gary Price really hasn't been great. He like as everyone's talking about this team is like, oh, they got the goaltending. They should be good. Their goaltending is the worst part of their game right now. Gary Price hasn't been good, and your backup's Jake Allen. I don't have a lot of faith in Jake Allen. Well, well, wasn't Jake Allen last year? He has bro. one good year in the past five. <laughs> Basically, yeah, but I, that doesn't much. Montreal throws a third out of after being done, mm-hmm. but he has been better than Carey Price for them this year. I mean, to give him his due, I just think Montreal's a team that you don't want to face in the playoffs, like at all. I don't think they end up this high in the standings. I think Vancouver, I don't know what's going on in Vancouver, but they're better than what they've been so far. I think Edmonton's better than what they've been so far. Calgary doesn't have the games played right now, and Winnipeg's look great, so I think. Eventually, this evens out a bit, and I don't think they finished second, but they could definitely squeeze their way into the playoffs. And they're not a fun team to play against. You're right; they're they're a pain in the ass. Yeah, and they have guys that can do all parts of the game. Um. Okay, let's talk about the PLD from Line A trade, because like this is the closest we'll get to an NBA trade. If we're being honest, yeah, it's a star for a star. It's the biggest trade since. Hall for Larson. Yeah. And then at that point, like Larson wasn't even, yeah, I think Subban for Weber is a closer comparison. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. Larson sucks. You rarely see in terms of star for player. Yeah. You rarely see the star for star anymore, Mm -hmm. especially with the cap constraints and everything. It's very, very hard to come by. So this is just, especially mid season too. I hate the trade. I don't think it makes sense for for either team. 
It doesn't make sense to me. Really? I don't like you're getting rid of like you don't really need Pierre-Luc Dubois in Winnipeg. You need a guy like Patrick Line because he was incredible on their power play and they've struggled on the power play ever since he went down. And he single-handed right. won him that first game when he had the hat trick and he just dominated. And he looked good in the back end last year and this year to start. And you're just bringing in Pierre-Luc Dubois who has not a lot of offensive upside. But you figure if you're, if you're Winnipeg on the wing, mm-hmm. there's three wingers that you trust more defensively than Line A. In Wheeler, Connor, and Ehlers, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think Connor's... And then Cop's been good. Connor and Ehlers, I don't... Don't quote me on this, but I don't think they have the best defensive metric. I swear Connor plays on the PK. I'm, Does I he? might be wrong. I'm Ehlers, pretty I'm sure. pretty sure is not, but yeah, probably not. Oh, the connection. But, um, I trust their like, skating ability I, over Line A, though. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, exactly. that in itself, just as a work rate, I'd take that. Yeah. And both of them have kind of worn out their welcome in both in both situations. In both situations yeah. Like Dubois was being a dick. In Columbus, like yeah, he, he's, he, he, he's he was. being a child that whole time. Yeah, I agree. And Line A, that's all he knows. Yeah. <laughs> Except like he, I, 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 I respect Line A for for going about like his business, and he was a rock star this year. Like yeah. to start, he had the best season of his career, I'd say, last year. Like overall game yeah. was it was his best yeah. season of his career last year, and he started off on the same pace this year in that game that he played, and like. He wasn't out there being a bitch about things. He went out and played his game. He's like, I don't want to be here, but I'm going to help this team win. Yeah. Luke Dubois mm-hmm. is just like, I'm not playing. I don't, I which like, hate it's that. It's a app. completely wrong way to go. And they, he still won't say why, which is kind of annoying. And like, everybody knows it's torts, but he's like, oh no, I like torts. He's a coach. Mm-hmm. It's like, shut up, man. Just admit it. Brutal. But on the other side of things, like what is, what does Columbus need Patrick Lineik for? Like they need scoring. Okay. But like, is that enough? Like, I would have rather got a lot of pieces back for Pierre Luc Dubois. On center. One guy. Yeah, that ain't Patrick Line. Eh? <laughs> they just got. Like, right. What do you mean? You telling me Max Domi isn't a number one center? Oh, man. Has it's he just even a got weird a point this year. I don't think so. I don't think he has a goal for sure. I think he has a point or two, but I mean, it's not. It doesn't make it, the trades weird. I mean, I get it in the sense that it's a city that has not really got goal scoring since Panarin left. And, you, mm-hmm. you know, you bring in a natural goal scorer who's just a very talented player and he'll fill seats when, you know, you're allowed to have people in the stadium again. But maybe they like Roslovic. Like maybe that's he's, the he's, he, he's a Columbus guy. Actually, I was listening to the yeah. to the game on the week. I was watching the game on the weekend and on the broadcast, they were saying, oh, happy to have um, noted, you know, community Columbus boy back, on, yeah. back in Columbus. Yeah. So I think they were, they were really high on him as well. Because Roslovic was a center, right? But he was playing on the wing. Or, if he can be their second line center, and then you have Line on the wing, mm-hmm. I the biggest key is will Line play for Torts? Like, how long does that take for it to go think, wrong? I don't think either guy lasts past their entry levels. Will Will Dubois play it. for Paul Maurice? It's to say, it, I don't, it, okay, I don't. Will Dubois want to stay in Winnipeg? Who the fuck wants to stay in Winnipeg? His dad's an assistant for for uh, the Moose. Sure. That doesn't mean he wants to live in Winnipeg. I mean, his parents are there. I want to go play for a big market team. Gets traded to Winnipeg. Traded to Winnipeg. I forget who tweeted this out, but someone was saying for two guys that didn't like where they were, uh, where they were situated, mm. one of them got traded to Canada's Columbus, and the other one got traded to America's Winnipeg. Columbus. Yeah, like, it, it was, it's like 
it was the exact same thing. They're both not great cities. And yeah, like I, there's better places for both of them. I would be shocked if they're not both somewhere else in two in years. Columbus, you're always the second biggest thing in town because mm-hmm. Ohio State's always going to trump mm-hmm. you. Uh, and then in Winnipeg, you're in Las Vegas. Congratulations. Yeah. You don't even have an airport. That's the worst part is they don't even have an airport to fly into there. Yeah. Like what, what would leave you there? I don't, it doesn't make sense. They'll, they'll be gone. I don't yeah, have. Trade David Savard to, Savard to the Leafs though. Columbus, please. Mm-hmm. Trade David Savard to the Leafs. Do we need him? Uh, we got Dawson Hall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who? I don't think the defense needs help yet. Maybe later. Yeah, yeah. But right now, yet I'm is not the worried. Op- yet is the opportunity. That's why I said it. That's why I said it. They're- Mackenzie Weaker, who? No. Trash. Bro, remember the hard on I had for him? God damn. I don't, I don't get yeah, it. That's right. I'm glad we didn't give up the farm for him. I uh, do want to talk about Jim Rutherford. It's not huge, but... That was weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I know it's a personal reason, so I don't want to bash him too much. Uh, there could be a lot going on there, and if so, sorry for about what I'm about to say, but he just royally fucked that team before taking off. Why? Because everything he did in his last like year and a half was like, what in the fuck are you doing? Gave a bad contract left and right, made terrible trades left and right, and then he's like, okay, thanks guys, and took off. Left them with nothing. They have no farm system. They have mm-hmm. Sid and Malkin and Gensel under a good contract. He's a GM that loves going for it. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's in line with what he's always known to do. And yeah, it's going to leave them crippled for the next couple of years. Cause you literally have four and three plus year olds and then, yeah, he kind of dipped. So whatever reasoning he has, I'm sure he has a valid yeah, yeah. one, but I think that's what, it's a tough situation. That's what they were saying on Tim and Sid today mm. was that, uh, Jim Rutherford, he's like Jerry Jones. He okay. wants to win. He wants to go for it. He's like, um, insert random, like, at least he tried. He did. You know I mean? He won two cups. He did he won twice. No, 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 no. But my thing is, he always did something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he wasn't yeah. just going to stand by. It might not have always worked. No. But he did something. Yeah. You Which at least Zucker, you have to You bring in Kapanen. You bring in... Every, like he's done his fair share of roster additions to try and help Crosby and Malkin in their pursuit of the mm-hmm. cup. I mean, they've already won two. Like as soon as the, the 2017 one passes, I mean, there was already a lot of talk of how many guys are they going to be able to keep Murray's gone a couple of years right. later. Like it, it was, it's, it's like Chicago from years back where it's so hard to retain everybody. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys follow Pittsburgh on any social media. He's no. not well liked. No, they I know. hate him there right now. And I, I don't think anyone's too upset about it. Cause like yeah. the, the, a lot of the moves he's made has not made people very happy in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. which is what I'm saying is he's left it like this off season. He was getting ripped apart for the Kapanen deal for the Hornquist deal. Uh, there's a couple others that he made too. He, I think they bought out Jack Johnson. Did they not? Yeah. They, they signed Cody CC. They signed Cody CC. <laughs> On their second period, Marcus Pettersson, four million. They let go yeah. of Matt Murray and Tristan mm-hmm. Jari has not looked very good this year. It's just been a tailspin. Of- Casey, Casey Smith was good though. Yeah, he came on. They, did, they were on a four-game winning streak. They've they been did. okay. This they've been okay. Yeah, Malkin hasn't. Been, Malkin has what one goal in the season, or he, he hasn't been good. Yeah. No. 
Lucky, they, lucky they brought in a top six forward from the Leafs. <laughs> yeah, because Barry Kaplan, in fairness, he didn't play for three games because he was yeah. dealing with Visa. And then he came back and they won oh, four straight. Yeah, he scored a goal on the fourth line, Captain, I think. I remember seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, Gino's got three points in seven games. Pittsburgh will go as far as Malkin and Crosby take him. It's that simple. <laughs> yep. They yep. don't have great players around them, but like. But you they have got a good top six because of the two centers. Mm-hmm. And any yep. other top six, if Gensel's my best winger, I don't feel great. Brian Russ is my first line right winger. I don't feel great. Gens- Those are two solid players, but ideally they'd be second liners. Gensel's, but they're playing with Crosby. Gensel's pretty good. Gensel's good. Gensel's yep. good. Brian Russ, so I agree. He's not a top six on a lot of teams. No. But he's been great. He was a point per game guy no, last year. He is. Point per no. season. But how much is that? Is is that hey, because of Crosby? And how much is it? They have because a top 10 player all t- of all time and the 101st <laughs> best player of all time. So they're, it's Connor those two guys are helping that team. You name anybody on Connor yeah. McDavid's wing, he's more than likely a third liner anybody. I mean, Nuge was a first of all pick. Zach Hassian, well, he's... <laughs> Third or fourth Zach line. Zach not a top line team. guy, but he makes him look like a top guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. The teams can't yeah. surround guys with talent. Like, I look at a team like Florida, they just like, oh, we'll play Anthony Declare, what, 1.2 million or 2 million for, for a season? He's on the first line with Barkov. Like, it's not that hard to find guys to play no. big minutes. To play with talent. It's not. Yeah. Rutherford just loved throwing first round picks everywhere he could. Zuc- Zucker, yeah. um, Kapanen in years past. Like it's, he's always had the mentality of going for it. And I'm sure that's why he gets ripped they for it. Jerome they McGinla have- at one point on that yeah. team. McGinla yeah. Moro uh, in the same they year. The cup in that yeah. year. Uh, they won the cup once again on left, I think. That yeah, so run in like 2013 with Aginla. Yeah. And like if, you, if you're Jim Rutherford, Maybe don't spend a first round pick on Kasperi Kapanen. Maybe sign, I don't know, Hoffman or Duclair that signed for nothing. He, he made mistakes. And I, <laughs> I think that's why they're not too upset about it. But I hope but, I hope nothing's too serious with him because that would as suck. As an outside fan, you can appreciate your team at least trying. Yeah, you did something. Yeah. yeah. Damn, more than a lot of teams can say. They won two cups. It worked. It, it worked. You have, you have more cups in the past yeah. five years than we have in 60. It's the first yeah. team in this decade, in this era of hockey, to win back to back cups. You don't see it mm-hmm. like ever. So, no. So to say that it was a bad experience is ridiculous. Yeah. I don't care if he's not unliked. He did his job. He got it you three cups. You need a yeah. you need a top six defenseman in Ron Hainsey. He brought him in. Like, what do you want from the guy? He was their top pairing guy in that year. He was. Yeah. Yikes. He was like their top power play guy too at one point. That was just he was. But he scored a huge goal for them when they won the cup. Yeah. So yeah. Can't complain. Uh sorry, just to go back to the line they trade. Who do you guys think won the trade? Ty. <laughs> I don't can, even know. Can I say it was a tie? <laughs> like, I don't know. Can I, I abstain? Yeah. I would I, lean towards Columbus only because they can have line A in the lineup quicker than Winnipeg can have Dubois. <laughs> like, I don't think either of these guys stay for anywhere past their ELCs or their, no, like, their bridge games, rather. So, again, yeah. Yeah. this could be one of those wait and see, but I think Dubois brings a little bit more as a complete player right now than what line A has. 
So in the immediate, I'd take Dubois. But I well, think in the immediate, you Line has got a better ceiling, I think. What if what if Roslovic works out and then you can then if Line A doesn't, you can always flip Line A. There's lots of teams that so, want that. Some team of at the deadline would pay right. two first round picks for Line A. Yeah. That's well, not asinine nice to say. Nobody can afford them right now because everybody's right. at the cap ceiling. But next year. Right. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. Um, it's it's uh if if it's a throw your line, hands up. If Line A plays before Dubois gets off of COVID list, then I will say Columbus won the deal. If not, it's a tie. If both players are at their best, Columbus wins the trade. I think so. You've got a 50 goal scorer there. Yeah. Yeah. And it still doesn't make sense to me. No, I don't get it. Um, anything else? I don't think so. We were talking what was- about the stars. If you guys want to. I mean, I, shout out Joe Pavelski. That guy's had yeah. the hottest start of anybody. They're perfect 3-0. They're the only I mean, perfect team left, are they not? Did Florida win last night? I mean, them in Florida, like, they weren't playing for the first, yeah. like, week. Yeah. It's a small sample size, but, like, there's, they're playing at the level they were that made them to the cup final. So, I mean, credit to and them. I didn't believe in them at all last year. Yeah. They haven't lost. And that's the thing. Like, they're uh, missing Bishop. They're missing Ben. They're missing Sagan. Three of their best players and they've won three and oh i again the stars and panthers are still undefeated three and oh like it's, it's tough to judge right now at least for me because i mean yeah klingberg's played some of his best hockey since you know before heisken and came in he was the pp1 guy and he was putting up points he looks mm-hmm. to be back at that level so that's mm-hmm. a good sign um hints has provided scoring pavelski's playing out of his mind a little bit early for me just to see what they are especially i'm sure when they get Ben back in the lineup and Bishop as well. Goaltending's been unreal. Too, Bishop. Not. Yeah. How many how, how many teams make the playoffs in a division? Four? Four, Four in each division. This one's interesting, at least, because you got the Blue Jackets are on top. Okay, so if you go lightning, that's a lock. Hurricanes are at the bottom of the division with only four points. Yeah, they, they're another one. They haven't played. They're getting yeah, they left, right, and so center. Fair. So I would say Lightning, Hurricanes, Stars, and then you have the Blue Jackets, Panthers, duking it out for the fifth spot. Because I don't think the Predators are making the it. The Blue Jackets are first in the division with, you know, a negative record. Seven like point. they're two, two, and three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, three it's still so losses. early. It's yeah. just it's just it's unique for this. It's too early to say on a lot of. But just like this division really specifically, just because of the, the amount of postponed games, games, it's yeah. uh, it's tough to judge. But I, I mean, at three and zero, Dallas looks good. Yeah, you got one, two. You got four teams that have played less than four games, four games or less. They've had a hot start without some big names, and shout out to them for it. I, the stars, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. You picked them to what? No, I picked picked up Pavelski in our pool, and I am. Oh yeah, off. yeah, I know. No, so that's why I'm losing. Wait, what? <laughs> Dude, I had a 50 point night. What was the controversy going on with the NWHL brand? Before we get to the controversy, shout out to the Toronto Six. Um, it's their mm. first season in the league. And it's a obviously, it's a weird season this year because they're shortened and they're in a bubble and it's they're done by February, which is crazy. Um, Are they in a bubble? 
Where yeah, are they in Lake Placid? Something like that. I think it's Lake Placid. That could be which is New York. Sorry. Oh, okay. um, gotcha. Yeah. So they are one and two now. They got their first win last night against Buffalo. No, Boston. Boston. Sorry. Uh, so shout out to that. But that was nowhere near the biggest story in the NWHL, which is kind of it's a lot. I don't I don't have the entirety of the information in front of me, so I won't try and butcher it. But essentially, there were two players on the River Ritz. I don't even remember where they're from. Uh, they did interviews with Erica Nardini of Barstool on her show. I think it's Token Token CEO or Token something like that. They basically they did interviews before the season, and then a bunch of bloggers and writers for the NWHL came out basically just angry about the fact that they're supporting Barstool in a sense, and they got all mad at Eric and Nardini for having them on and for the players talking to her and the NWHL for supporting it. So Eric and Nardini came out and had a video that included all these tweets that were directed at her um, from all these writers and bloggers and shit saying like, oh, we we. You shouldn't like, I don't, I don't even really know how to describe it other than the fact that they just kind of went at her and then she just kind of outed them all. And now this is war between like the left and right of hockey going at each other about women's hockey and their support of women's hockey and all that. And I'm, I'm not sure where I stand, which I didn't think I would say, because I understand where the knock on Barstool is, Mm -hmm. but I don't think Barstool's done anything wrong in this situation. I think. Erica Nardini, as much as she is the CEO of a trash bag company for the most part, I think a lot of people's issues with, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of people's issues with Barstool stems from Dave Portnoy and guys like KFC who are just trash human beings. And I don't think you can take a look at Barstool as a whole who give them their due. They have done a great job of expanding the NWHL. And Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, like, I don't know if the NWHL is in a spot right now where they can be like, yeah, we don't want those people cheering for us. You know what I mean? Like this is still a relatively new league mm-hmm. that has six teams and like under 30,000 followers on Instagram right now. Like, can you really be like, ah, we don't want you supporting us. It's, it's a damned if you do damned if you don't situation at this point, because Barstool, what they're great at is they're a media powerhouse. And now they just have, I understand why the NWHL would not want to be um affiliated with Barstool because mm-hmm. uh their misogynistic views yeah, sure. their homophobic views at times like but it's like here's the thing for me is I don't know helping you in a way gain traction for your league yeah but is it the crowd that you want to attract in terms of the frat boy culture that Barstool I think the frat boy thing is different I I think at some point someone needs to take a look at what Barstool is and realize like all of Barstool not bad the main idiot in charge of it is a dickhead That guy does not Mm -hmm. deserve what he has because he's just a fucking jackass and everything he says. Mm. But people like Eric and Nardini and the spit and chicklets guys. And there's a handful of other names I could bring Mm. up. They're good people. They have, Mm. they have to back their CEO. Yeah. There were, well, even she's not even the problem. Like she's not that bad. And like, she's never said a bad thing in her life about anyone. And Mm -hmm. like, I, like I was all over her the last couple of days, but like after looking into it, like she's really never said anything negative in general. And like, I kind of get, I get where the barstool, some of the barstool people are going at about this, 
where it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? She's just trying her best to expand the game of hockey for women because she loves hockey and she's a part of this women mm-hmm. hockey culture. So I get that. But then you get the other side where you, I don't know if you guys ever watched fucking KFC's like minute man or something like that. Yeah, I don't, yeah. no, I don't watch it, but every now and then no. I get it sent to me and I got the one he did yesterday and everything he said in that was such a perfect example of what people think Barstool is. And it's right. guys like that, that are ruining the name for Barstool. And it's just like, it's weird on both ends. And I have no idea who to side with. It's a damned if you do mm-hmm. damned if you don't sit to it yeah. at this point, because you would like the traction for your league, but now yeah. because the army that Barcel has, they're just coming at them in ways. It's like the beehive of sports, basically, yeah. to where their fan base is so rabid and so great. Like, and there's some Barcel stuff that I absolutely like. Yeah. And but there is the other side to where I don't love it from a journalistic standpoint because I just don't I don't jive with the whole frat boy stuff. Mm-hmm. But there is a market for it and they kill that market. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They dominate. Like, I think that's the thing. Like, if you get everyone in Barstool siding with the NWHL, I understand mm-hmm. there's a lot of shitty people that that do listen to it. Mm-hmm. There's also some decent people, but like you're yeah. still gonna get that shitty group of people crowd that's gonna come and watch your games. And the main right. thing here is you want to get people watching games. And mm-hmm. they're gonna say some stupid shit, but people say stupid shit about men's sports too. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I just I did I don't really think shunning them away right off the hop was the best the business right. decision. Yeah. I understand the morals and everything of it, but business wise, it didn't make a lot of sense for me. I don't know. It's just it's a- it's tougher to see it thriving now that a big proponent of growing the league mm-hmm. is now out. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's tough. Just based on what you guys are saying, I'm kind of caught in the middle of it too like i i get where the moralistic standpoint of it where you don't want a certain culture and a certain thing being imposed on what you have right now especially knowing you know dave portnoy and his beliefs and things like that it's definitely tough because again you bring that kind of audience to it yeah it brings attention and that's what you want but at what expense and i think that's the thing that's being you know debated here at what expense is it worth growing this league if that's the if the audience you're trying to, you know, shy away from is the one that you're going to be bringing in there. So it's, it's mm-hmm. tough. I just, I think the issue stems from Dave and mm-hmm. there's a other, obviously there's a couple of idiots below him, but like, I, I think if people actually took a step back and look at some of the faces and names with Barstool, I don't, there's a lot of really good people there. They're just stuck underneath an absolute jackass of a boss. But if you take, put yourself in their shoes, like you're not going to leave your job. That's paying you good money because your boss is an idiot. Like everyone's had a terrible human being of a boss at some point in their life. And you're not, you're you're not typically going to leave your, your company for that reason. So I think you look at a lot of these guys, like they have their, yeah, well, there's a lot of guys that have that, like (laughs) in there that have moral standards that are better than most, but they're just going to get thrown in under that blanket. And I just, I don't, I don't know. It's a weird spot. Again, that, that being said, like, that's why I'm kind of stuck in the middle of it because me, mm-hmm. it, that's just how I roll with it. So yeah, it's tough. I think I'm here hit it on the head. Yeah. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's, it's a catch yeah. 22. It's, uh, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. Is that from the book? The what? Catch 22. 
I don't know. I don't like, know. I, I understand the saying. No idea what the fuck it's it cliche. means. Yeah. I would assume it's from a boy. But we'll see. Um, okay. NFL. Championship weekend was last week. We have a Super Bowl. Yeah. The... So anybody I was going to say the Patriots. Are, I'm not even going to cap. I was going to say the Patriots. Y'all are both toasting the brackets. Just put that yeah, 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 we're done. Yeah, you guys knew that. Um, picks. Yeah, we, yeah, can wait, we can wait a week. I'm, yeah. I'm burnt toast now. I'm not mm. even... To be fair, like, uh, Amir had the chance to pull it all together and win it yeah. with Buffalo and Green Bay. Both of them happened to lose. I know Amir was very adamant on certain missed calls. In the NFC Championship I mean, game. All right, let's talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I have it, no problem with the Kevin King throw being a flag mm-hmm. because he held him. Yep. But it wasn't consistent. But you gotta call the. Yep. You gotta make the calls the entire game. You I can't just be like. Agree with you. I think oh, okay. you've, you've got a point, and I understand yeah. where you come from. But to me, I I get they sucked in the first half. They were terrible at their mm-hmm. job. But you still got to make the right call. And it, it's not like you're like, oh, we were shit in the first half. So let's just continue to be shit type of thing. And if it's something that blatant, you kind of got to call it. Because, OK, so on the interception that Rogers threw it was in the a first hold. half, it was, it was a hold. Absolutely. Hold. I, mean. I don't disagree with you. I think they were bad. The rest were not good in that game. They're inconsistent as shit. It has to be an eye for an eye in that situation. You let the Tampa Bay DBs play physical all game. Yeah, I think that you you. In sports, what do they always say? Don't let the rest decide the game. Don't let the rest decide the game in that situation. I don't think that no. the, that he was catching that pass. Honestly, I don't. No. If it was like, it's it's close. But it's borderline at best. What the fuck are you doing holding his jersey if you're king? I mean, don't like, allow the play. He's he's can't allow oh, that play. My, but like like that. It's a dude. Just let him go. Just yeah. let him go. It, if it, it was that far like, over his head, he shouldn't have held him. Like it, it, no, it looked like it was saying? over. He was bad all yeah. game. He got beat multiple times, yeah. and that the cost them the game. Yeah. Well, so so that is its own thing. Yep. I, we all agree. Yeah. That if they, I would have preferred if they had called the game correctly the whole game. Yes. By the letter of the law, it is a holding flag. It was yeah. the right call. It was it was the right call. It it by the letter of the law, it's the right call. Mm-hmm. But the president, the president that they yeah. set throughout the game, that I don't think that should have been a flag. Correct. I agree with you to an extent. I just yeah. I think they made the right call. It just they didn't make the right call earlier, and that's what it was. And I can say I'm biased. I want to see Aaron Rodgers go down the field and throw a touchdown because that would have been sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then we can also say they lost it when they didn't go for it, it on fourth down. Yeah. Yep. Well, they would have won it. They would have won if they went if if Equinemius St. Brown was the pass tipped. I never saw the angle where they said it was tipped, where he just straight. I never really it. saw anything. They that said they said it was tipped. It, was like, I didn't see it. it didn't look tipped. It went right but, at his yeah. numbers. It just went right through him. Right. It, it's a catch you have to have, regardless tipped or not. It's a it catch was, you. It have was to in have. tight quarters, but that's like yeah. a very very catchable ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Bottom line, what are you not? Why are you not going for it on fourth down? Because you figure, look how deep you are in their territory. Uh I can understand. So there's the idea that if you're down 14, right, and you score a touchdown, you're down 
eight at the time. But if you go go for a, uh, a two point conversion, mm-hmm. then you could have a chance to win when you get the ball back because you need a touchdown either way. Yeah, and you you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like analytically, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if analytically in that situation that the Packers were in, if it was fourth and goal, kicking the field goal, and then putting the pressure on your right, defense and get another back. Yeah. Especially you win. I don't, yeah. Like I, as much as Brady doesn't look great at times, I trust him to get a first down at the least, mm-hmm. which he did. He knows how to make the short pass when he's not trying to air yeah. it out. He's been great. So I don't know if it was an analytical play from that point when you're down by one score oh, yeah. to where the ball would have been at what the two or the five yard line. Like if you I mean. even if you don't get it, they're on, I think it was the six they're on the six. They have to come the whole way down the field. Mm-hmm. Like even if they get a first down, they're still a long way from the, from getting anywhere that matters. Yeah. Like at least yeah, like it's a tougher position to put them in yeah. because they're on their goal line. Yeah. So there's, it's a less of a chance that they throw. That didn't, I don't know. That's a bad call to begin with. That led to a, Good call from the refs that shouldn't have been made. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of mistakes were made in that game. Shitty that we got that ending because yeah. it could have been great. But Green Bay had their chances and they missed. Dude, Tom Brady thought he was playing for the Packers for two quarters. Exactly. Like, he, yeah, he was hitting. He was hitting more Green Bay receivers than he was hitting Tampa receivers at one point. And it was just yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't shut it down. Well, the timeout right at the end of the second quarter. Yeah. And it leads to them giving the ball right back up with however much to go, and you don't even mm-hmm. bother playing defense on a deep shot. Like it, there were there were chances. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you in the whole set the precedent. If you set the precedent at the beginning of the game, stick to it throughout. Because mm-hmm. again, you see it in football, but like even when I'm watching it in soccer, like there's nothing I hate more than seeing a ref completely flip his whistle. Middle yeah. of the game, three quarters through a game, and f- completely yeah. fucking a team. Yeah. And right. not to when not that I want to make the excuse that it cost Green Bay the game because they had their opportunities, but that is detrimental to their to their chances. They, they, they shot themselves know? in the foot, and then the refs just pushed them down. Is what like happened. Even though I had Tom, I, I like I took Tampa Bay and everything I could, so I'm more than happy that they made it. Yeah. But the means in which they got there, I don't really agree with, just because. I mean, I hate seeing the refs being the, the causing that, factor of a game. It, it sucks. On that deep touchdown they scored too, turned out to be the same man that had, that had the flag called yeah, against him yeah. in the end too. It's like, yeah. that, that was the guy thing. for the game. That, that play literally won them the game. Mm-hmm. Because in that situation, if it's a, if that those four points made a difference in the in end, the end mm-hmm. if whether it was a field goal or a touchdown, yep. and you would have just, because then you're not, to, yeah, but yeah, yeah, you're not down that much at the end. Mm. All right, um, I know we don't want to talk about the Super Bowl picks, but like, how much faith do you guys we have talk, in the Buccaneers? Can we defense? talk about the other game before we even get to that? Okay. Is anyone else sick and tired of the fucking Chiefs? Oh, I hate them. No. I, I can't stand this team. All season, I hate them more than I hated the Patriots for some reason. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's just like I, Patrick Mahomes, incredible human being, great guy. Travis I, I just find I don't know why. Travis Kelsey, incredible human being. I can't I can't stand watching him. I like, don't like them. I just don't I, like them. I was, I, trying, to, I was trying I to dissect who it was. And before the game, I had nothing other than the fact that Tyreek Hill is a garbage human being. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? That gives me one yeah, reason to not like the Chiefs. Right. But then I watched that game against the Bills. And they get up huge. They they slap the Bills around. 
but the Bills started to come back a little bit and they made it a game. Yeah. But why are you taking shots at a quarterback after the whistle twice up like 20? Like you're already winning. Just like yeah. take it easy, man. They're going after Josh Allen consistently. And obviously the Bills are going to take exception to that and they get hit. Now all of a sudden they're acting like the other teams being a bunch of babies and stuff. It's like, no, man, like you guys are pissed that they're starting to mount a bit of a comeback and you're acting like that. It's just scummy moves from their defense. I didn't like it. I don't like their players on offense. I just, it's just that team's just so frustrating. I hate it. I hate them. I think uh, in terms of why people hate the chiefs, it's very Tom Brady esque. People just hate seeing the same thing happen over and over again. And I get that. It's only been one year. <laughs> I don't even know if it's that yet. It's been repeated like, successfully. They only won once. The last three years. They lost, the year before, they only lost to Tom Brady in the AFC Championship, did they not? Mm-hmm. So it's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, not that I'm trying to compare them to him, but obviously, like, I don't this know, is the narrative that's going to be pushed. I don't know if that's it for me at this point, though, because they haven't really done anything. They have a Super Bowl. They nearly lost to the Browns this year, and then they slapped the Bills around, and they might not even win this one. Like, I'm not quite jealous of their success yet. There's just something about that team. I just don't like it. I don't even know if it's that they're cocky and stuff. I just don't. Maybe it's that it's so easy for them, because, like. Could be. All right, let's just talk about the, the Super Bowl. <laughs> How don't you hammer the Chiefs? It's only minus three. Because the Bucks defense is really good. The Bucks defense is really good, but and how do you bet against Pat Mahomes at this point? The Chiefs lost to the Raiders at some point this year. They did. And they nearly lost to the Browns in the playoffs. They did. Against two defenses that are very not the Tampa Bay Bucks. Correct. So I don't know, like Can we agree (laughs) that this is exactly what Roger Goodell wanted? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the two best. The this is going to be deemed the passing of the torch. Like, will it happen or will it not happen? Right. Because it's comparing one guy with six rings to the guy who's about to go back to back at 25 years old. Like, it's very, very much the perfect scenario yeah. in terms of yeah. what the league would have wanted. Um, two very hateable teams. And As a fan, I think Brady versus the Bills one more time would have been great. But the le- league standpoint, money making wise, Mahomes versus Brady is a way more marketable situation. I I don't know. Three points to their favored. I if I'm a betting man mm-hmm. and I'm seriously, you know, everyone's talking about GameStop right now. I'm looking at the Chiefs. I'm putting my money on GameStop. My my cousin had 20 shares at 30 bucks or something. Yeah. So isn't it up like 100 and something? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't understand how the Chiefs are only three point favorites. I really don't. Because the Chiefs defense is good too. But what do you put that spread at? Because like I I don't have faith in them being a 10. Six. Six. So a touchdown? I, I could see six. But now we're humming and hawing over three points. Was this not the two points? The two point. teams played each other. Was it not? I was expecting six and a half or seven. Was it not a field goal that separated these two teams when they played week seven? I think they played. Probably. This was a twenty-seven the, to twenty-four the game. The Chiefs don't blow out anyone. That game against the Bills was a bit of a shock. They don't blow out anyone. They're close in a lot of games. So I don't. I mean, it looked a lot closer in the end. The onside kick. They still need a lot 
in order to make it. Look no, that's what I mean. They blew out the Bills. It was a bit of a surprise that they actually did it because they haven't blown out anybody this year. Bills kind of choked that game. Yep. Yeah. Once they were up early, they could have. I mean, it's so hard to contain. No run I don't know how you can call it a choke. It's not. It's not. It's not just containing them. It's. It's don't settle for field goals. It's score touchdowns. It's Josh yeah. Allen was literally doing it on his own. Like he was not able to find Stefan Diggs until late in the game, and that mm-hmm. and that hurt. Like Cole Beasley, he's been great, but I mean, him as your second receiver, like he, he can, you can only do so much. Yeah, right. he also definitely didn't look healthy. Right, he was he was mm-hmm. banged up all game. What was he? Three games with a ruptured fibula or something like that? A warrior of a of a thing to do, but I mean, mm-hmm. but you're, it just didn't you're, happen. You're injured. Uh, WR2, it, uh, it's going to mm-hmm. be tough to beat the best offense in the league if you got to go shot for shot with them. So, I think the one thing that you feel good if you're Tampa Bay is that the Chiefs don't have any run game. No. And I think they lack a run defense, do they not? The only thing is, who have they gone up against that's really run the ball? I mean, the, the Chiefs, uh, sorry, the, no. the Browns, did they, what was the score in that game? They didn't even really run the, ba- the ball that much, though, did they? Because mm, they, they were Not as much as they, they usually do. Yeah, not as much as they usually They only had 19 attempts by running backs. And that's mm-hmm. because the Chiefs get ahead so back. early and so often exactly. that you're always chasing the game. You have to throw the ball. If Brady gets the ball and then can control clock, get them, get them up. If I'm Tampa, I get the ball first. And then I score yeah, yeah. and take a, take my time. Mm-hmm. Take the game to the and ground. Pray that your defense gets a stop on the first, and then you can't. You have to. If you get a fourteen nothing, I feel great. Mm-hmm. If you don't get a fourteen nothing, I think Kansas City wins that game. It, yeah. Like it has to be the perfect storm in in the yeah or Tampa to win, and that's why I feel so but confident. I, I can see I, would bet minus I, I can foresee that being a thing because like that that I Bucks can. defense has put up stops in a hurry all year. But the one weakness you would say is their corners and Tyreek Hill just went off for 269 yards. Yeah. So. Yeah, you never know. Not great. I think it's going to be always a case of who do you cover Hill or Kelsey? And you can you you say you want to do both, but you can't get both. So because they also have guys like McCole Hartman. And even when you have Tyreek Hill on a one on one coverage, he goes and busts a 70 yard run right past Levi Wallace. And they're right into goal from what was their own freaking twenty yard line. Like it's it's phenomenal that these two weapons. Like it, it it's gonna be crazy. I like like even at three fucking points. Like I I'm taking the bucks, but I mean, what's what's not to stop anybody from hammering the fucking Chiefs? Like it's yep. they they just look so fucking hard to stop. They're, they're too good. They're too good. Too good. Um, was that it for football? Oh no! Yeah, so we had one, the one. one. Yeah, we had the one other. Okay. Oh fuck! So in a podcast where we talked about barstool sports and Dave Portnoy, we still haven't actually reached the shittiest person on the planet yet. Until now, because yeah. fucking Chad Wheeler of the Seattle Seahawks just cemented no, himself. Free agent now. Free agent. Free, sorry, did they release him already? I mean, technically, he's a member of the Seahawks, so I don't even know. Former member of the Seahawks, whatever you want to call him, because he ain't going to be playing in the NFL much longer. Right. He was arrested for, is it domestic assault? Domestic assault. Was it labeled as? 
Um, which you know what? It happens in the NFL a lot. It's it's come to a point now. It's kind of embarrassing to say, but like it's a thing. And I understand brain injuries have a lot to do with it. But this fucking asshole, I don't know if I, I don't really want to tell the story on it, but like look it up if you get a chance because it's fucking ridiculous. Phil. Like, yeah. man, we said a lot of bad things about um Terrence Davis. I think they're yeah. warranted. I don't I don't think we were wrong. Well, everything he did was new, yeah. Like it yeah. is fair. What do we know from this guy? And I don't want to put like a ranging scale on assaults, but this is at the top of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like that's not even fucking human what this man did. No. And like to leave the girl there and then be shocked that she's still alive when she shows up. That was and he's eating eating or eating cereal. He's I don't even know what he took a sip of his smoothie and said, Oh, you're still alive. <sighs> like Oh. Like it was nothing. Jeez. And you know what? Shout out fucking Des Bryant because he uh, he tweeted about it. Lots of people are tweeting about it, but like mm-hmm. him specifically, he goes, Chad Wheeler, if I ever run across you, we're gonna we're going toe to toe because I wouldn't mind making the news, breaking something across your fucking head, and then asking yeah, okay. if you're still alive. I'm like, yeah. And then okay. some people tried to go at Des for supporting Tory oh. Lanes in like the, the drama with him and Meg the Stallion. Oh, yeah. and Des was just like, well, we know we don't know what happened in that situation. We know what happened in this. It is not the same. This and one, yes, that is this that one. That. This one guy in the replies literally said, You mean how like they destroyed and to this day continue to destroy Ben Roethlisberger, but he was never charged <laughs> with crime while the same media blows Ray Lewis? Like, when's the last time you ever heard a bad thing about fucking Ben Roethlisberger from someone that's not me or Moro? <laughs> like, Antonio Brown, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are you like, the first guy. person to yeah. bring up Ben's past? Like, I, I, I oh say it more as a joke, but I mean, no, nobody fucking talks about it anymore. No, because like, it's swept under the rug. That. Like, it's oh, it's just not reality. A real asshole for not standing for the yeah. flag. Oh, it's it's still. a backwards logic. <laughs> Buddy, um, if this guy has another fucking day in the NFL at any point in his life, then Roger Goodell needs to go that day. What's the thing? Like they're blackballing players for, and I I hate to say because like somebody's viewpoint and then what somebody does to another person, I think are two different things. And what Kaepernick did is not warranted for him to get blackballed from the league. And then for somebody to go and domestically assault somebody. This is. Yeah. Like Like, this. We had this conversation. We had not obviously on the podcast because we didn't have it at that point, but we've had this conversation about Kareem Hunt and about Ray Rice and about Adrian Peterson and guys like that, where the situation was like, you know what? It, it was bad. Everything they did was wrong, but it wasn't one of those things where you yeah, can see just quiet. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of like the, the, all those parties were on good terms after that. And it wasn't something where this is a legitimately situations were solved. Which yeah. Situations were solved. Yes. In court. There this was, is, there was, um, we're talking about a man that tried to murder a woman with his bare fucking hands. Right. I guess one, like, again, like, like not that we're trying to equate what's bad in terms of violent no, acting right. towards somebody, right. but it's like, just, this, this, is this is the worst. This is extreme. So much worse. They're all wrong. And then you see outlets like misinterpreting, not even misinterpreting because they know exactly what they're doing. They just misreported basically the facts of the story. Uh-huh. It was just like, um, Man arrested, NFL player arrested. For dem- yeah, for that was the that was the news that popped up on my phone. Was that like, Seahawks, whatever, was arrested on domestic yeah. violence? 
I'm like, okay, kind of just brushed it under because like it, it happens, it'll go through trial, whatever, and he'll be back two like, years. Oh, you mean that this dude attempted murder? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he thought he let's murdered not, her. It wasn't even like attempted murder. He, the bush. he oh, thought he man. killed her. Yeah. He was ready to Aaron Hernandez the fucking thing. Are you kidding me with this? Crazy. Like, holy shit. If that guy's not in prison next week, I'll be fucking shocked. But I'd be less shocked if he ends up back in the NFL. <laughs> Crazy things. Uh, Sadly, I don't. I don't want to make a pun. So on to the UFC. Speaking um, of people getting knocked, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. What was it? UFC two fifty seven. Two fifty seven. Two fifty seven. Round two, the two something. Number, <laughs> yeah, the it was the rematch. Yeah, ninety two percent of the betting money mm. was oh. on Conor McGregor. It seemed like a foregone conclusion, did it not? Yes, but to people that watch the UFC over the last since the last Conor fight, Dustin's been good. Dustin's been the better fighter. Yeah, I mean Conor just hasn't fought. <laughs> So he's just been better because he's, he's still, still there doing it. He's still there doing it. He's been in the bigger fights. Yep. He's been in fights, period. Connor just yeah. took time off and he just stopped fighting. I thought that the Poirier strategy was phenomenal because so in like the last year, I've seen like a flip since like the Volkanovsky fight against Max mm-hmm. was like the first time that I really saw it and like took notice to it to where they're just peppering your legs, peppering your front leg. Mm -hmm. And if they can just stand Mm -hmm. the barrage of hits that in this case, McGregor threw to Dustin in the first round. And there was times where McGregor absolutely stung him. And like, if he had hit him one more time, it could have been the, it could have ended right there, but it didn't. And Ever since like the beginning of the fight, Dustin kind of saw, hmm, I, I can stand this. This isn't the worst thing. And I was worried that into the second round, Dustin was going to like go away from the game plan of peppering his legs. Because after a while, you understand that the legs are going to be shot. Mm-hmm. You saw it recently in the Gagey Khabib fight. If, if Gagey got through the second round in that situation, Khabib's leg was almost done. Mm. So when you do that, it just dummies the guy and it works like mm-hmm. in, in almost every fight Adesanya did it to Costa in his last fight and then Connor like I don't want to say he folds in adversity but he hasn't faced it very many times in his career like what right I, it, it, it's Nate basically first if part. Connor doesn't knock out a, if Connor doesn't knock out a guy in the first round it's going to the other guy basically Honestly, uh, aside from the one Nate Diaz fight, you're not wrong. <laughs> to which, to which that fight, everyone was had, just like, said two, Nate win that fight." Had two fights go to the judges. One of them mm-hmm. was the Nate fight, and the other, or, yeah, one of them was the Nate fight. The other one was the Max Holloway. And there was a significant amount Nate of people game. that thought that McGregor Nate, lost yeah. the Nate two. Exactly. Yeah, it was close. And then. And what people don't realize is Dustin Poirier is such a better fighter than he is. Like the Dustin Poirier that fought Khabib is a different Dustin Poirier than fought that fought Connor the first time. Mm. If if 
Conor McGregor fought Max Holloway now compared to when Max Holloway was 22. Different. That's a totally different fight. Guys get better. And Dustin Poirier showed it. Dustin Poirier yeah. has like, a lot better than what he won. And I think that was Conor's problem going into it is I don't think he came ready for this. I think he mm-hmm. came in thinking, you know what? I beat him once. I'll beat him again. He's yeah. a stepping stone for him, right? He didn't show it. Mind him. I'll give him the fact that this is a very different Conor McGregor human being that's showing up to these fights. Yeah. Because like on his in his media tour, this was not Conor. Yeah, he was nice. He, he was, was nice, but then he also, he also did say the typical Conor stuff. I'm gonna knock him out in 60 seconds this time. Yeah, yeah. he tried. I mean, it didn't work. <laughs> he, I mean, he he landed some shots, but yeah, it he didn't did. matter. It, like shout out Dustin, man. He fought a perfect fight, and he, he beat him straight up. Now, if you're the UFC, you're pissed. Are you? Yes. Because I think, I don't know, I think the loss might keep Connor around longer than a win. Personally. Uh, I disagree. I doubt Connor like, goes out. If he wins, he wants to fight Manny Pacquiao. No. If he wins, he fights Khabib for he the biggest fight in the UFC. Khabib's not coming back to that. Khabib comes back for the fight. I don't think, I don't think he wants to come back. He was, so him and Dana met. I saw the uh, behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um. He oh, said, uh, if, if, if they impress me, I'll come back. He's like, wins that fight, he's, he's not going to oh, you impress me. Well, so look, it's going to be the big, so th- this fight with Poirier was the second biggest in UFC history behind Khabib Connor one. There's no reason why, so Dana was like, there's no reason why a rematch couldn't have been in the top three of fights all time, no matter the sport. Sure. Which, you're not wrong. But also, who knows if if he really wants to do it, right? Mm-hmm. If Khabib wants, I don't think Khabib because, wants. So what Khabib? So what Khabib told him, told Dana after the fight, he's not wrong. He's like, look at these guys. I'm levels above these. Guys. Like, and he's he's not wrong. Did I not he's, say that though? Like, as soon as he said, "Oh, if these guys impress me, I'll come back." He's a bitch when it comes to that. He just doesn't matter how good people are. He just thinks he's better than them. So he's not coming back. He was never coming back. He was never coming back. Yeah, but it's not even that he's better. If you're going to tell me, like, those guys could have fought their ass off for five rounds. In 60 seconds, he... He He wouldn't have came back. No, he wouldn't have came back. So apparently, I can't remember who, if it was DC that said it or if it was Ariel, but they said the one situation to where they would come back is Islam Makachev is the next upcoming guy from, I don't know if it's AKA, but like from Khabib's camp. And if he becomes champion or something and gets and wins and then gets knocked off by that guy. Mm-hmm. Then Khabib would come back to then beat that guy. That's the only situation. Apparently is the only situation Khabib would come back. Right. I would, I would like to see him fight Mike Chandler. Did you watch the Chandler? Uh, I that fight? Yeah. That was uh, a fight. Yeah. It was interesting. I'd like to see it. And then he calls him out. And I'm like, Hmm. He hasn't earned it, I don't think. Nope. But I wouldn't hate seeing it. I'm trying to look up his other fights because I know he's... His first he's, UFC he's, fight. I know it's his first UFC fight, but I think he has five losses in his career. Does he? So, like, you know, what is that? If you're he hasn't, what is he hasn't that? earned the spot. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I wouldn't hate it. He looked good. Like he lost, the, he won a split decision against Benson Henderson. That's the only like UFC name. I, he lost to Eddie Alvarez. Khabib is significantly better than Eddie Alvarez. When was the other Alvarez fight though? Uh, twenty thirteen, in Bellator. That was, that was 
Good. He's one and one against Andy Alvarez. I would like to see it. I mean, he wasn't cocky about it either. It was like he, he called him out, obviously, but it wasn't like a yeah, I'll I'll take your record. It was just like, you know what, you want to be 30 no, and 0? No, he's it it no, he's he's been saying that oh you're you're gonna get 30 in Chandler, uh 29 in Chandler. Like what? I don't know. But I mean I, the, the call out on live TV wasn't let me go break your perfect record. It was right. you want to be 30 and 0? Come do it against me. Yeah. That was good. If you can. just what's next. Khabib versus Dustin doesn't do it for me. No. I wouldn't hate giving Dustin no, I would cheat again. But Dustin's getting the next title shot. And I don't think that they're doing Gagey just because Gagey just fought for the title. Yeah. I don't think that and and Poirier has no interest in be in in fighting Chandler because he's like Chandler doesn't deserve it. He's fought one fucking UFC fight. Yeah. Fight some other the guys. I think Chandler gets one more fight and then I think he probably takes a shot at that title. Right. No matter who has it. But for McGregor, I don't know what's next because honestly, I think it's another Dustin fight. I think they both want it because the title because Dustin's next fight is for the title. How do you I, give Connor that? I don't know if title? Dustin's really into it at this point. Like he, he just seemed like no. he doesn't really want to be there. And it was just like, they asked him after he's like, so what's next for you? Like, do you want another Connor fight? Do you want the title fight? And he's like, I don't know. I think the Connor fight makes a lot of sense. He goes, uh, a fight with Nate makes a lot of sense. He goes, other than that, I really don't know. So, I mean, I, I think both of them want the rematch. I don't know if it's their next fight, but I think it very well could be the next fight that those two guys fight is another rematch against each other. Because yeah, even when even when he won it, they're like, when they were announcing the winner, he literally just put up both fingers. He's like, it's one and one. Like, he wasn't mm-hmm. happy yeah. with the win. He wants he wants to win the series. Right. I... I don't think the UFC makes it immediately because then Con, you, you, you would be selling Connor at his lowest right now. Mm-hmm. What's a fight that gets Connor back to being? Because Connor loses the mystique. Does fighting Nate Diaz, who has how many losses on his record? Really? Part three against Nate is a lot different than. Oh, it, it's a huge fight from, it gets, from it that gets the viewership. I don't know if uh, Dustin and Connor it doesn't do anything for the division, really. But no. yeah. No. But I don't think you needed to at that point. You just need to sell Connor as something that can win. And if it's against mm-hmm. Nate, you're like, you know what? Nate hasn't fought in a while. I could see it. But I'd love to see, you know, I would love to see McGregor versus Diaz. I'd love to see him somehow go up to 170 and fight um, either Usman or Masvidal. Get his, I, think I, I, I don't, I don't think it'd be an entertaining fight against Usman. Oh, if I'm the UFC, I hate that matchup. I hate, I love Masvidal. That'd be a hell of a matchup. That's a I think battle of Masvidal two dummies him. I think Masvidal dummies him. I think he's too big. Dustin was apparently at one seventy something going into the fight, so and he looked huge. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think the UFC they apparently they lost like a shit ton of money because obviously they can't sell the Khabib Connor fight. Connor's mm-hmm. not up for a title fight in his next fight now. You run Chandler versus him. I think then Chandler wrestles him. Yeah. Based on what Connor's been saying, though, it seems like he wants to stay around for a while. Like, it looks like he wants a couple more fights. I don't think he wants to go out after a loss. That's for sure. I think he'll stick around. I mean, he went out after a loss in the last one. Yeah, but that was a champion. (laughs) I don't fight loss, whereas this was kind of like a, man, you weren't ready for this. And I think think he goes until he gets back on. Pops off again. 
But if he loses this one, which he could, him versus Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson washed. That's two. That's two potentially washed fighters going up against each other. Right. Yeah. I don't like Connor in any of these fights. It, Connor versus Ferguson, Chandler Oliveira looks really good right now. Gagey Poirier. I think I think Ferg and Connor would be an interesting matchup, and I think mm-hmm. whoever loses that fight never fights again in the UFC. Basically, because they're done. That's mm-hmm. all it is. I don't. It'll be interesting to see. Um, okay. Oh, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren. Yeah, yeah. I saw all so, the media stuff going on about it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, it was yesterday. Jake Paul's gonna win that fight. Okay. Ben Askren can't box. Ben Askren is a, I, I'll give him his respect. He's a hell of a fighter in the UFC and he's a great wrestler, an elite wrestler, but he was mm-hmm. never a good boxer in his career. No, never. And he got knocked out in the quickest time possible in the UFC. And, right, but he's not, but he's, he's, he's not what he's ever been. Like he's kind of, he, speaking of washed, Ben Askren's not what he once was. And he's going up against a 20 something year old kid that hasn't really been hit. Like his chin's still pretty strong. He's a like, I don't know. I can't say much because Jake's never really fought anyone. But from what I've exactly. heard from actual fighters, his boxing technique is technically sound. And I, I if there's any UFC fighter that Jake Paul was going to beat, it's Ben Askren. The fight was never McGregor versus Jake Paul. It's Ben Askren. So he can kick the shit out of a UFC fighter and move on. So here's my thing. So what you're saying Does, is it's going to get prolonged even more. <laughs> this whole I think Jake Paul is a fighter. Going, yes. Oh, God. I, my, I have never cheered for Ben Askren in my life until this moment, though, because I hope to God I'm wrong. And I hope he beats the hell out of him. My whole thing is it. It's just like the Floyd Mayweather versus uh, Logan Paul. Does he just throw the fight? Floyd? For the money. No. Or well, in Floyd's like situation, yeah. Situations? No, Ben Askren walks. Ben Askren walks. Because Ben Askren has his name is starting to go down. He wants him just to kick the shit out of the kids. Ben so. Askren's retired. I, I understand. He wants this so he can be like, I'm the guy that got these YouTubers out of our hands. He's got that right. attitude. He wants to be the guy that shut up the Pauls fair i'm trying to look up the betting on that in itself is something to to strive for i mean what you're saying is that if there's anybody he has a if there's any ufc fighter he had the chance to beat it's him like the ben Askren type fighter not necessarily Uh, in terms of what what he what he he brings to ufc a lack of boxing he's a great he's an elite wrestler elite wrestler but he's not 220 He's what? Minus 220. No, good Lord. For example, that is a bigger favorite than the Chiefs are on the money line to win the Super Bowl. I think it was a, it's almost the same favorite that McGregor was to win Shit. against us. No, McGregor was a heavier favorite. Wasn't he like a 330? I almost bet on it. Yeah, it was 330. It was like Come fight time, it was 250 because I went to bet on it. No, it was heavy. It, it was, was no, yeah. I yeah, threw my money on it, and it was two fifty. No, I remember it being a three thirty at one point. Maybe not as yeah, close yeah. to fight time, but it was fucking stupid. Beginning of the fight, it was two fifty because I went. I was gonna because bet on no it. Way, I'm glad there's no way that would mean that people would be betting Poirier, which no one was betting Poirier. <laughs> that's what I'm telling you. That's what the number was when I went to bet it. I debated it, and I didn't do it because I was smart. 
Okay. But I don't like if Ben Askren knocks out uh, Jake Paul, does that shut him up? No. Or is no. he? But at least he's gonna it gives try everybody the satisfaction. That's that's, that's it. That's, like, important. You know, that's important. You don't promote that's this anymore, important. right? Like you don't the award this guy has to say. He can't even be the UFC fighter at boxing. He can't yeah. even be the UFC wrestler at boxing. And that's what I mean. Like he, uh, this is a very smart ploy for the Pauls in sen- in the sense that you keep edging your way into getting a legit boxing match against somebody who is actually trained as a professional boxer. It's brilliant for their brand. This is the yeah. most anyone's talked about the Pauls since that suicide video Logan did. Yeah. Like it's, this is the only way you're getting your name into the entire public right now, because like no one likes their YouTube content. Not many people are like, I don't even know. You what you should they go do. I have no interest in I watching have no what idea they do. what they produce. They have the subscribers, content, obviously, but like I, you're not expanding that YouTube content. So you're going into this to be the enemy to go out and make money. But if you lose, you're done. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really cheering for Ben Askren at this point. Uh, let's talk about the Blue Jays. You mean the best lineup in the AL? Is that the best the lineup in baseball? What? Um, the Dodgers of the AL. I don't know if you guys know this. But if you project on uh, Fangraphs, mm-hmm. the team standings, the Blue Jays are fourth in all of baseball. And we didn't even. The only teams that are higher are the Dodgers, the Padres, and the Yankees. So what you're saying is everything that makes me hate a baseball team is what the Blue Jays has become. No. <laughs> um. No, yeah, they, because the we, big market Blue Jays, they just throw out all their money <laughs> everywhere. Because like, they get Springer, they get Simeon, they get Yates, they're going to go get Bauer, they're going to go get Lindor, they're going to trade him for the Mets. <laughs> Bauer, or Bo's our guy. Vlad's our yeah. guy. Kevin's our guy. Yeah. Lourdes is yeah. our guy. Yeah. Um, There's the, I know, I know. There's Rowdy. Difference. Mm-hmm. All our mm-hmm. catchers. Pearson, our guy. Um, hey, Pearson, thank you. I know. Jin Ryu feels like one of our guys at this point because he's just, just won my heart. There is a They're different. I'm, I'm just playing. But. They have a Canadian in Jordan Romano. Hey, Markham. <laughs> Not to be forgotten. I so they they assigned Marcus Simeon to a one year eighteen million dollar deal. Yeah. He in 2019, the last real season in baseball, he was third in AL MVP voting. And How are you? Wow. And he had a tough start to last year, mm-hmm. but he figured and it out. He figured it out towards the end of the season. Really good. Plus his playoff numbers were insane. Mm-hmm. His OBP was like 480. He had his a OPS dogs. was over a thousand, was it not? I'm pretty sure he was. He was unreal. So I decided that today, guy. So. Yeah, if you're getting that guy, good luck. Mm-hmm. So. Last, I, uh, I was so geeked up. <laughs> Last week we went into the, whole, into the whole deal of shuffling up the lineup, and now we get to do it again. Is what you're telling. See, so yeah. I, I've now quoted my buddy on three straight podcasts, but he sent me also good point the other day. Um, he was asking, he's like, so he puts Semyon in third. Where do you slot him? I don't have him at third. 
like in, so, the, in the lineup. Sorry. I heard, uh, oh, wait. I, I can't remember if I said it on the podcast or t- I talked, I uh, texted you. Mm. Doesn't this give credence now to batting Kevin nine? No, oh, this was on the podcast. You mentioned this could be the thing we talked about. If you, if you bat Kevin nine. Yeah. And then you, cause Fangrass has it to where Kevin's batting six, which is just weird to me. I, he's too fine. down in the lineup. That he, just he, doesn't do, he doesn't do it. No, I think That's he's ninth for or his skill set. It's one or nine. I don't think it's anything else. Yeah. So here's what Fangrass has it, and and I'll get you to react to it. Springer one, Simeon two, Bichette three, Teoscar four, Vlad five, Cabin six, Lourdes seven, Rowdy eight, Danny nine. The other thing that does that pushes Lourdes way down. Way down. I don't like that. No. Um, they were. T- I don't remember what show it was today, but they were talking about. Semyon being like the seven eight guy right now, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I think realistically makes the most sense until he proves that he's what that MVP right. candidate was. Yeah, for me right now, I apparently George Springer's numbers are terrible in the two three spot. By the way, which right. I didn't know, like he's like almost sixty points worse on his average. So, it's just that his leadoff numbers are insane. Yeah, so I don't know. He might just by default be your leadoff guy, but personally, if yeah. I'm putting together skill sets. I'd have Cavan leading off, Springer hitting two, Bo three, Tao four, Vlad five. Probably sorry, sorry. Who is your who is your two three? Two three was Springer Bo. Okay. And then uh Tao, um, uh-huh. Vlad. Uh, Vlad over Lordis? I'd go I Vlad Lordis is interchangeable. I don't think it matters. Right, I agree. So five uh, for five six, yeah. Yeah, and then you probably go Semyon at that point, and then Ra- Rowdy Jano. This is or Gritchick Jano, depending on this how the is whole a deep lineup. lineup. Like just coming at this from like the the very casual standpoint, this is a very deep lineup. You have our green hitter could be out of the lineup. I think it's time to be a Blue Jays fan again, guys. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm not get on the train right now. So. Our nine hole hitter is a bat first catcher who hasn't been bat first, but he's been glove first. <laughs> who hit the two home runs against one of the best pitching teams in the MLB in the playoffs last year. Exactly. Perfect. How are you? I, this could be insane. It like, okay. Offensively, the Jays weren't a problem last year. That was never the problem. Mm-hmm. No, they, Wanted to address run prevention. They did that with Simeon and Springer, obviously, because you get Gritchick out of the lineups. And then on days that, you know, you rest, Randall Gritchick is an unreal fourth outfielder. Like, I give him that. I don't like uh, Randall Gritchick, but as a fourth outfielder, come on. Um, The thing that you haven't addressed, though, is the starting rotation. The starting rotation just uh, isn't good enough. It's not you ideal. have Robbie Ray's your second starter. Get the fuck out. If Nate Pearson is what Nate Pearson can oh, be, but you can't project him right now. To be not. Right now, yeah. as it sits, not ideal. But tell me, tell me which can be a big league starter, which that playoff appearance and the little bit before he had that, he's very good. He's very so, good. So then you would say there's only two guys on the Jays that you in the rotation right now that you would feel comfortable if they reached their potential to start in the playoffs. I have comfortable. I'm comfortable with Anthony K as a four five, but it's like, huh. oh, well, here, here, listen to the five, the yeah. Ryu, Robbie yeah. Ray, Nate Pearson. Yeah. Nate Pearson right now. I'd love if Nate Pearson projected as my four or five. 
I don't hate I him at three. three. Four, I think three four is fair. If he it's is fair, but he's not off me. It, it's but it's if I'm looking I at this optimistically. No, you know what I mean? I'm looking at this optimistically. Nate Pearson could be a one on a lot of well, teams. He could, could be. I don't think he will be next year. So you can't rely record. on. He's 25. Is he not 23? He's a rookie. Though. He's a rookie. He's 24. Okay. Yeah, it, obviously, it's not a great thing to look at. But he yeah. could be a one if he reaches his potential, which he looked like he was on track to do come the end there. Uh, aside from okay. the injury in the middle it's of the four, year. Four or five. Tanner Rorick, Ross Stripling. Not good. Strip can be a five, but he's he like a, a so can Roark. But Roark is definitely not. In the rotation. You have two, two five iffy oh, fives. You have two fives that you want in the bullpen. You That's sweet. Better, you're four or five. <laughs> I don't like that. And you have a two that you but, want as a four. Yeah. <laughs> but I would but put you're three and one. No, he calls it a five. He could be a reliever too. <laughs> it's yikes. So what you're telling me, sixty percent of our rotation is wanted in the bullpen. <laughs> We have a, a two man rotation and a big raise. We're just gonna have that opener. <laughs> Nate Pearson's gonna open every third game because we don't know what else to do. Honestly, they might run openers when Robbie Ray plays too. Like it's it's yikes. But the bullpen's deep. They got yeah, you got back. Barucky, you got there. Who, uh-huh. and numbers are good. Merriweather, I think they might try as a starter even. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Kane Julie, Mer- Julie Merriweather was gross in the bullpen last year. Yeah, he was good. Uh, um, I think they got so Atkins was talking today. He's like, it's not just as simple as it's it. We're fine from a financial standpoint to add pitchers, but it's also you're taking away opportunities from other players. Guess what? I'd be okay to take away the opportunities from Tanner Roark and and Ross Stripling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's that, I think you need to guy. Like I. You if you're being that com- like loyal to Ross Stripling and Tanner Roark, why aren't you being loyal to Taiwan Walker? Like it's the same situation. Like Ross Stripling is the same situation that Taiwan is for sure, and Roark was only there a month longer. I think they intend to give Barucky or Kay or Merriweather a chance to start. If Barucky is what he was in the bullpen, he could easily slot into that rotation. That's the only thing I can assume, or that Trent Thornton, TJ Zoic. Sean Refoley, like if those guys are starting, I don't know. Or Thomas Hatch, like that's a guy that they've good. been talking about to start, right? Uh, I just don't know how you can feel the two, comfortable. The two sides of the ball just don't really match up for me, though. Like you're going for it with your lineup when the guys you sign mm-hmm. there, but you're, you're still developing good. with your rotation. Right. Exactly. Like you and don't here, so send me into a one-year deal if you're trying yeah. to build. Agreed. That's why, like you. Why don't you take shots on these pitchers? Like I know I mentioned to you, Chris Archer, but I don't understand why that does how that doesn't make sense. I don't hate from like, the standpoint of if he gets hurt, like who cares? If, if these guys get hurt right now, yeah. you're fucked. Yeah, you're fucked. Because, mm-hmm. But then if you if you sign guys that are at least flyers and they get hurt, you have those guys as backups. Mm-hmm. So I, would, I think at a minimum you have to flyers. I know you don't like it. I'd be taking flyers on Shoemaker. I'd be taking a flyer on Rodon. I would take a flyer on Chris Archer. These type of guys that like they can still be proven MLB pitchers. And if they get hurt, at least you have your original ideas below them. And it's not the depth. You don't. You're not starting with a backup plan right now. What are doing? They have five starters, and then they have Mackenzie Gore in the Mm -hmm. minors, right? Mm -hmm. 
because they like the, not that he can't play. It's that they just don't have a spot to put him. It's, I, I texted my buddy. I'm like, this is the perfect service time manipulation. <laughs> you don't have to put him in the no, majors. You, you can't, you can't say he deserves to come up because who do you take out? It's crazy. Like Chris Archer right now has the same. Cliff. Like, I don't get it. Yes. Who? Chris Archer. Who? Archer. He did. What he did. He used to, he used to, so Jake Odorizzi is projected at three years, um, 39 million for his contract. Chris Archer's projected at one year, eight million, and they have the same projected war. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Like, if would I rather Chris Archer or Jose Quintana, give me Chris Archer. I've been big on Quintana for a while, but he's been bad ever since he went to Chicago. He's been bad. bad. Chicago. Yes, Shoemaker, meh. He can never stay Shoemaker, healthy. I don't... In is great, but he, you're right. He can't stay healthy. But it's oh, a no, guy so you take a flyer on because he can pitch. And they, if Fangraphs project Tywin Walker at two years, nine million, I would sign that yesterday. Two at two at nine or two years nine. Two years at nine. Okay, million. I'm like four and, and a half eight. million a year for Taiwan Walker. I'm taking that yesterday. Yeah, but yeah. even still, at nine a year. That's not. Like, uh, was it Shapiro or Atkins that came out and said the heavy lifting's done? Shapiro. I don't think nine years is heavy lifting anymore. I think that's just like nine, a nice... Nine years? Story. Nine years is heavy lifting. I don't think nine mil is heavy lifting. Like, I, I think I that's agree. still a piece they could still be after, along with guys like Oda Rizzi and... Well, would you say that two of them is heavy lifting? Two of them is heavy lifting. I think you're not getting two starters at this point. But... Two of them is the equivalent to right? You paid eighteen million. If the Jays get Simeon, yeah. If the Jays trade Groshans for Luis Castillo, I'm in. I'm in. Apparently, <laughs> it got brought up on the fan this week. Apparently, it was Jeff Blair. I don't know my sources on this, but apparently, Jeff Blair was just like, "Would you trade Vlad for Luis Castillo?" And I'm like, "Would you shut the fuck up?" For why? why? There's zero reason. Not one pitcher has gone for anything good, and you're going to give up a roster MLB player who's still under 22. Who still has MVP potential. He said, shut up. Like, come on, man. That's such a dumb idea. I don't know if it was him or someone that called in, but I was told on the 590 they were talking about it this week. That's crazy. That's a joke. Um... So Simeon, oh my god, mm. I'm excited because so his his value comes not only defensively but like that's where the majority of his value comes. He doesn't have the strongest arm, but I get I mean putting him at second that is better. Yeah, and then the upside defensively it's incredible. I was looking, I was looking at Fangrass. They had an article on on Simeon, and they gave like the percentile outcomes. This is in the 10th percentile. The 10th percentile, he's still a two and a half war player. So 10th percentile meaning the that, worst projection. That's your seven hitter. And he would hit 254, 318 on base, still hit 21 home runs. That's your seven Let's hitter. say 60th percentile. Okay. Mm. Four and a half war, 30 bombs, hits 268 and 341. <laughs> That is your seven hitter. <laughs> you want to hear the 90th oh percentile? You just want to... Yeah, let's do it. 6.3 war, 36 <laughs> homers, 284 average, 
367 on base. Did you? I don't know if you saw the obscure stat, but he's he the stats he put up in 2019 hit him and like Babe Ruth are the only people to do those certain stats. Yeah, I'll look it up. That's insane. Cespedes. Uh, I hope they play in Toronto. Oh my god! Honestly, that'd be ideal. I don't see it happening, but I mean, probably not. I would love to have the opportunity to watch this team live. Mm-hmm. Even playoffs, if they do like a twenty percent capacity playoffs? type shit. Playoffs. Mm-hmm. We're already talking about playoffs. Okay. I'd okay. spend money to go to that. Here is a list of players in MLB history with at least one hundred and sixteen runs, one hundred and seventy three hits. 38 doubles, 7 triples, 30 home runs, 85 RBI, 78 walks, and 10 stolen bases in a season. Babe Ruth twice in 1921 and 1923. Lou Gehrig in 1927 and 1930. And Marcus Simeon in, in 2019. Good Lord. So, Cespedes what? So, what out, you're telling me is we just no, no, no. got... So, so Cespedes tweets out, wow, the legendary 116, 173, 38, 7, 30, 85, 70, and 10 clubs. <laughs> How peculiar. I was going to say. That is a very obscure line. But, but, uh-huh. Babe Ruth uh, I was going to say, when you can get your guy on a list with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, you do it. Mm-hmm. You go to that obscure line. Wow. That's pretty good. Shout out to whoever figured that out, too. You have some time on your hands. Jeez. Wow. Um, Simeon is just an unreal move to just buy. You're buying low and yet you're. It's it's a a no risk. Yeah, it's a one year deal. And if you project it over like his stats last year and they were down, Mm -hmm. he still projects as almost a three win player. Crazy. Laughing. Um. I did want to bring up this point. So my cousin was talking to me about it too. And in terms of just the development and the flexibility this provides, like he's going to get shifted to the th- uh, to three, right? He's going to get third base. He's going to play second and then Kevin's going to play third. That's what you think? I mean, all in all, this just That's shields Bichette from yeah. having to play there. And I think in, in terms of his development, that was the biggest thing. That was what my cousin was telling me. So I think that's a yeah, win. Basically, the Jays are, they want to become, oh shit. The Jays are training for Steven Matz. Great. That's not awful. I'm it's not great. to see who comes in the three prospects. What the hell? Did we actually give up people? Matz was good at some point. There's no way it was anyone good. If you gave up more for Steven Matz than the Padres did for you, Darvish, or Blake Snell, you just ruined all the work you've done in the offseason. <laughs> Steven that's Matt interesting though. the Mets at one point yeah 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 are you certain about this one or is it was Jeff Passan oh so you're certain <laughs> 0-5 last year with a 9.68 ER oh he docked it oh I didn't oh, realize boy. he was that bad I mean yeah as you have and now that basically guarantees that the Mets, Mets are, are getting power <laughs> yeah Holy. That's an interesting one. I mean, if they think that he's their J.A. Happ and bounces back. I was going to say he could be something. It's interesting. Ah, his career numbers aren't great. Nope. 
outside of his second year. He's if he's healthy, he's a four or five. Mm-hmm. At five or six, how much is he getting? Hey, well, we needed more four and five guys. We didn't have enough of those. <laughs> Doesn't that take away the opportunity from your guys? Wasn't that the was that not the announcement this morning? Was that we don't want to take opportunities away from our guys? Doesn't that do exactly that? I mean, this guy was good in 2015, but that's like five years ago. <laughs> so yeah, we're missing something here. 2016, 2016, he was a two and a half or 2019. He was 1.6. That's fine. In only a- ERA. 2018, you know, sub that's four fine. ERA at least. Mm-hmm. 30 games. Yeah, I don't know. Understand that. Strikeouts for nine of nine. Yeah, it's a high strikeouts for nine. Uh, there's upside. Maybe they see something in them that they can work with. Mm-hmm. I I personally don't. Yeah, I'm I don't. interested to see who went back the other way. Same. It's weird. You want to talk about GT real quick? Well, that's still kind of gains traction. Sure, sure. They had to do that. The Phillies? Yeah. Yeah. They need you don't hire Dave Nebraska to not give out money. No. And like that that's was really that's the second best player on their team. Like you're not letting him walk in free agency. Like you, there's nothing behind. Like, well, who's protecting Bryce at that point? Reese? I, I don't. I'd much rather have JT Romuto protecting Bryce Harper than Reese Hoskins. Congrats to the Phillies, though they secured fourth place in the NL East. <laughs> I mean, realistically, if he did, if they didn't sign him, he was going to the Braves, was he not? And the last thing you want is him going to a division rival. A rival. I don't. It wasn't even the. I don't. There was no market really for JT. It was weird. I guess. The and then National he signed for the biggest catching or biggest contract, contract of a catcher ever. ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wild. Like you. you I, I don't. Know. This market's so weird because, like, apparently there's no money out there, but there's a lot of money out there. Yeah. Just don't understand it. Some guys can't get paid because there's no money out there, but then guys like Trevor Bauer are getting offered Garrett Cole money. It doesn't, doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Also, on that news, we're way out on Trevor Bauer, and I'm okay with that at that price tag, right? What is the price tag? If the AAV was the same as uh, Garrett Cole's. It's like thirty-seven. It's right. three. It's, apparently, they they said they gave him an offer of three years with mul- or four years with multiple opt-outs. Yeah. So, I don't. I'm not paying him that. I like Trevor Bauer. I think he's a really good pitcher. I'd give him three thirty-five. Yeah. Sure. I I don't even know if I'd do that. I don't even know it's, if I'd do hard. that. It's way too much. He's had one good year. He's had two good years. Two good, okay, two good years will give him. And I don't know. I'm not feeling it. And one was half a season. Yeah. I think Trevor Bauer can be really good. And I've said mm-hmm. that. I would have liked to have Trevor Bauer. But I'm not mm-hmm. giving him the most money of any pitcher in baseball on a season and a half of good, of great baseball and a bunch of mediocre. Joel Sherman just tweeted out. Hashtag Blue Jays now have two of the more talented and frustrating left-handed pitchers in the majors in Mats and Robbie Ray. <laughs> yeah, listen, 
That was kind of what I was thinking with like maybe they see something like they did with Robbie Ray. Because they helped Robbie Ray a bit. Maybe they can do the same thing with Mats. I I don't know. Hopefully he's good. Uh, Gonna need a new number. Be good, right? Hmm? Was that so one of them will be good, right? I you hope, I think. You flip a coin, one side has to come up. Yeah. You have enough of these four or five guys. You'd hope one pans out. I think that they would then sign now like a Walker or Rizzi, hopefully. Do you want one loony or four quarters? Honestly. I think they've got, <laughs> I think they've got ten dimes now. Exactly what's going on here. No, no they have four out of nickels? They got four out of circulation pennies. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's uh, it's interesting, man. I think that's it. I don't think we need I to. Think so. I think yeah. that's everything. Yeah. I don't assume that they trade any significant prospects no. back to the if, Mets. If they do, we cry in private. Basically, but uh, that's it for this week. We'll catch you guys next week, where we talk a lot of the Super Bowl. Until then, see you guys. Peace.